Welcome to Women's Magazine here. I'm Global Val. Thanks for tuning in to MutinyRadio.fm. We're here in San Francisco's Mission District on Friday afternoons, streaming around the planet. Uh, that was some music from a local artist named Renee Asteria, or a.k.a. Rasteria. I love that song. Um, it's called Illegal. Um, illegal immigration is just an illusion. That's what we like to believe here at uh Mutiny Radio, because we believe in connecting everybody around the world, um, because we really all want the same things for each other, for ourselves, peace, healthy environment, happy people around us. Um, You know, it doesn't mean you have to be greedy to get all that. So thanks so much for tuning in this afternoon. It is also the winter solstice. So although it is the shortest day of daylight and the longest night, we will have the brightest moon. Um, So don't despair. I know you're out there spreading your light. And I thank you for tuning in and hope that you're enjoying uh, the warmth of wherever you are. So this has been an interesting year, 2018. This will be the last... um, program uh, for me for this uh, calendar year 2018. Um, It's been uh, really kind of the year of the woman, um, which is something I've been saying and many others have been saying uh, over 100. There were 117 women who won uh, their elections in November across the nation out of 240, I believe, that were that were running. Um, So it's kind of a monumental. uh, We see kind of this big shift coming. Um, The women are coming. (laughs) which is one of my favorite signs from the Women's March last year. It said, women are coming. And I was like, yes, as they should be. So I want to welcome my guests today. Um, We're going to be speaking about 
the ERA, uh, the Equal Rights Amendment, and uh, kind of the history of that, and also in the present tense. So I would love to welcome um, my two in-house guests, and then we're going to have another caller in, um, all from the National Organization for Women. Um, first, I'd like to introduce the uh, Vice President of the National Organization for Women, Gilda Yazi. Gilda, welcome. Hello, Global Val. Thank you for having me back. Oh, you're welcome. It's so good to have you back. And of course, you're welcome anytime. And also, our friend Mona Lisa Wallace. Welcome back, Mona Lisa. So glad to be here, Val. So we've gathered here today on at Mutiny Radio to talk about the ERA. Tell us about it. Let's let's get this uh, let's get this ball rolling. All right, so maybe I'll start, Mm -hmm. Gilda. Okay, go ahead. Um, So the original Equal Rights Amendment was drafted by Alice Paul in 1921. And basically, I could could read it to you here, Um, but basically the Equal Rights Amendment is an attempt to revise the Constitution of the United States to give equality to women, Um, keeping in mind that the founding fathers we're all um, male, land-owning citizens, and that at that time, women did not have even rights to own property, and that we've continued to struggle in the feminist movement since the beginning of this country for women's rights and protection of women. So um, the 1921 effort to um, have, um, and I can read it to you, it's very simple, um, but basically um, that equality of rights under the law shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. Very simple. And what ended up happening is in 1925, women were given the right to vote, and that was actually a consolation prize. It was not constitutional equality. And where we see the problems with not having constitutional equality um, um, arise throughout the country uh, has to do with... um, the requirement as seen in Roe v. Wade and the drama around Roe v. Wade that for women to have their rights protected, they have to go county by county, city by city, state by state, that it won't be done from a federal top-down level, but rather whittled away or battled and battled again at the local level. Mm. So, for example, um, parental notifications for um, abortions like that. Uh, there, there are attempts to criminalize abortion all around the country that must constantly be battled by voters um, in, in each locality and in a constant way because we don't have that top-down protection. And that's basically what Roe v. Wade was saying, was like, hey, let's let's leave it up to the states, because it's a state's business. It's not federal business. Um, Very recently, a federal judge actually um, um, attempted to say that, that the ban against female genital mutilation, the federal ban against that, which was a hard-fought battle um, to protect um, infant girls, uh, was illegal and would have to be legislated on the local level. 
as well. So until we have a constitutional top-down protection of our equality, we will continually be battling on the local level. And so very, very often, you know, sometimes when I um, give uh, talks, I'll I'll ask the audience, well, okay, so what? Which amendment is the free freedom of speech? And then we'll go first, right? And then I'll say, okay, well, which is the one for women's equality? And somebody will shout some number, and it's like people don't realize that we don't have it. We they have it um, um, internationally in the EU, and um, there there's also the um, CEDAW and um, the the United Nations. Um, Declaration of Human Rights. So women's equality is globally recognized as a, a human right. And we're just, we still have some catching up to do here in the United States. And so when the Equal Rights Amendment uh, you said it was written in 1921. Um, of course, uh, many attempts have been made to 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 bring it into um, the Congress. And then in 1972, it actually passed both houses of Congress, both the House of Representatives and the Senate. Um, and then what needed to happen was that in order to uh, make amend the Constitution, that three quarters of the states need to pass legislation to ratify that amendment. And so um, that count is 38 states. Um, so there was a huge push in the 1970s to get states to ratify uh, the ERA amendment. Um, 35 states uh, um, ratified it, just falling three short uh, of, the of the ones necessary for it to actually pass and become a constitutional amendment. Um, and then uh, there were extensions to that to see if maybe they could uh, get the more states to ratify. And then that deadline passed in 1982 without it having been ratified. So that initial uh, that version that was passed in 1972 uh, is considered to have failed. So where are we now? Well, I'll tell you where we are now. Um, we have had a resurgence in Sunite. We'll, we'll be talking to your next guest, who is a major player in um, seeing that second resurgence um, come about. But um, so there, there were required 38 states. And so in the 80s, people were like, well, you know, is it over? And then they realized when was there ever a ratification deadline before anyway? That that was kind of a dirty trick to add that that deadline and that we don't necessarily need to redo the whole thing. Maybe we can just come in here. At that time, it was called the three-state solution, but now it's called the one-state solution because Nevada in 2017 and Illinois um, in May of 2018 ratified the ERA. So that would leave one additional state remaining to make the 38. So the, the newest push is to go ahead and get the 38 and then attempt to revise that deadline. Um, so there will, and there's actually, that's one, one approach. There's also another approach with the brand new, fresh and more inclusive equal rights amendment, um, which I could read to you also. Um, but the, the, the newest push is to attempt to either revise that deadline or to put forward a, a new version of the Equal Rights Amendment and start over a fresh start. Well, this might be a good time to bring in our guest who's called in, um, Helena Swanson. Uh, thank you for so much for calling into Women's Magazine today. Are you, are you there? Can you hear us all right? Yes, I can. And thank you for having me, Val. Yeah. And hello, Gilda. And hello, Mona Lisa. 
Hi. So, so Helena, um, you've you've been listening in um, as Mona Lisa has been giving us kind of the uh, history and and trying to bring us up into the present moment of. Uh, the future of the ERA. Um, and you, I know, have been, you know, deeply involved. You walked across the country, starting here on the Golden Gate Bridge um, to, you know, as a to, to bring this to different states across the nation. So um, how, what, what can you add to um, of about where we are now? Okay, well, first, um, I want to give great credit to Mona Lisa Wallace, um, for all our efforts in providing me the support along this walk with the organization now. They were the very first group to sponsor my journey across the United States. So I always like to give a shout out to now and ask uh, listeners across the country, if you're not a member of now, please become a member. We need many women out there on this charge to include women in the Constitution. Now, having said that, where are we at now? Well, as Mona Lisa was kind to say, I walked across the United States. And what I observed in walking across the United States was that, first, most people mistakenly believed that women were included in the Constitution. And then once they learn that they aren't, they're very much wanting to see that happen. In Nevada, it was really an easy state to swing because the demographics have changed over the years, and it's gone from a red state to a blue state. And so it ratified in March. Illinois quickly followed suit, which leads us to where we're at now, needing just one more state. Currently, there are efforts in Arizona being headed up by folks there. It was introduced last year, and it is expected to be again introduced this year. In Utah, they are speaking of putting it on the ballot as a ballot initiative. In Oklahoma, they are also moving forward, as in Missouri, and there are rumors that they will be doing so shortly in Arkansas, Louisiana, is also up and ready. Unfortunately, Mississippi and Alabama are not yet up to bat. There are folks in Florida working very hard on it. Then we go over to Georgia. Then we go over to South Carolina, North Carolina, and Virginia. We are currently hearing a lot of the news about the state of Virginia because it's so close to the nation's capital. But I feel that we actually have several other states that are in play right now that are just as close but aren't getting the attention, such as Georgia. They are doing a fantastic job down in Georgia. And unlike the folks in Virginia who are saying that the ERA has no effect on the abortion issue, the folks in Georgia are not separating that out. I feel that in Virginia that's a mistake to do so. Um, it is not an unintended consequence. It is something that we have been fighting for from the very beginning days of the writing and drafting of what was originally called the Lucretia Mott Amendment, now known as the ERA. It is one of the many reasons that we are doing this. So where we're at now is folks are organizing in Virginia. There's a group called Virginia Ratify ERA. Um, 
And then in Georgia, there's a late, uh, not being hit up by um, a couple of women. I think one is Katie Hornig. And then in Georgia, we have Sharon Hill and Gail Buckner. Um, as I said, I feel those two states are very close to ratifying. And what will take place upon ratification is being that Nevada, when they, ratif- when they ratified, they sent it off to the National Archives. And it was accepted. And then Illinois has done the same. That was accepted. And then we'll go to either Virginia, Georgia, or one of the other 13 remaining states to ratify. And I'm not going to give preference to any of them simply because no one expected Nevada to ratify. So we really don't know who will be next. And um, I think it's more like a multi prong effect, what they call equifinality. You've got to hit them from all angles. So I am suggesting that folks who are listening to this call reach out to Gilda, work with now to build up their membership so that we can in concert lobby each state and educate them to a variety of issues. Now, there are some hiccups, as they would say, and that would be like the imposing the deadline. But the deadline can be removed. It is, there's no barrier to do this. There's nothing in the Constitution that states you cannot remove a deadline, okay? And though that resolution, um, which will be reintroduced in the upcoming year, is under Jackie Spears, a Californian, in the House, and Senator Ben Cardin from Maryland uh, in the Senate. And with this last November election, with the House flipping to the Democratic Party, Jerry Nadler will be holding hearings this upcoming session. So folks need to show and so show, send letters of support thanking Nadler. It is said that Lindsey Graham will be the new judiciary chair. So today, because I'm currently in D.C., but I consider myself a Bay Area baby, I went over to Lindsey Graham's office so I could start setting meetings nice. um, with the judiciary. And the fellow's name, I want everybody to get this name down. His name is Lee Holmes. He's their chief counsel. That's who everyone needs to start writing letters to and start calling that office every single day from the beginning that there that the new congressional session starts. You need to call up and say, hello, may I speak to Holmes, give them your name, where you're from, um, I suggest that you say that I'm calling in my individual capacity as well as on the behalf of whatever and all other organizations that you're connected to, so that each of these contacts as a singular person, it, contact, con- it counts as a contact. Calling as an organization would be a second contact. Through the League of Women Voters, that would be a third contact. So if you say, in my individual capacity... As a member of now, as someone who's working with the League of Women Voters, because in their, in their uh, conference this year, the National League of Women Voters has uh, passed a resolution that they, too, are going to be working on the passage of the ERA on the federal level. So we really all need to band together, stay in tune with each other, and I'm going to, again, press very heavily, keep up with Gilda, because Gilda's going to be heading this up at now. Listen to what Mona Lisa says regarding arguments. This is really a, a on 
full on board. Let's get it done because whatever state goes next will be the final state that needs to be ratified. And then we remove the bar. With those two things being in place, of course there will be some Supreme Court challenges. But rescinding, which the people will mention, all oh, different from the states are rescinded. Again, there is nothing in the Constitution that calls for rescinding. They've already been accepted by the National Archives Department. With the removal of the deadline, the points will be mute. And from two years of the third state passing and the removal of the deadline, we will have equal rights for women and all gendered people in the LBGTQIA community. So I'm very excited because it's great being on this show. Back to my home base in San Francisco, and I love you all. Thank you. Alina Swanson, thank you so much for, for that. I, I'm, now I'm all pumped up um, and uh, seeing where we can go from here. So we mentioned the work that Gilda is doing. So Gilda, fill us in on some of, of the activism that you've been uh, taking part in, that you've been leading the charge for. Okay, part of the activism that the National Organization for Women has been participating in is trying to build coalitions and work with our allies to move this whole agenda forward on all levels. And we're trying to encourage people not to um, become divided, all work towards a common goal. But first of all, before I forget, I would like to say... um, Thank you to everybody, and everybody go to now.org, and please join. We need you now more than ever. So one of the areas that I am going to focus on is working with the younger people, younger POC people, to make sure they understand that the Equal Rights Amendment will impact their lives. It could impact their lives with you know, marriage, divorce, employment, equal pay across the board, we will have equality and be able to pass uh, legislation to uh, move all our agendas forward. So from the activism point of view, my role will be to try to bring everybody together, find commonality within our, our goals and move forward. That's really what I want to do. And I think we can get this done. I do agree that any state that passes it first, I don't really, you know, have any uh, preference in who does. But if we get that one state, there will be some little roadblocks that have been mentioned that we can just get over that hump and move forward and get the Equal Rights Amendment passed. Well, I didn't realize until this day how close we actually were to really actually making that a reality, um, being that that deadline did pass. But as Mona Lisa said earlier, it's kind of an it was an arbitrary deadline that got extended and then got passed, you know, passed again. So um, the that there are uh, ways to um, remove that deadline uh, is is exciting news. Yes, and I would even argue that it's possible that it's not constitutional to put the deadline on in the first place. Um, that deadline was created specifically to block the ERA. Um, <clears throat> what what um, Gilda was referring to also about bringing people together, that's because we do have within the um, Equal Rights Amendment movement, there is, um, uh, uh, there is more than one approach. There's also the... Um, 
approach of redrafting the ERA entirely. And uh, there, so there's another version that's the um, one um, promulgated by the um, Equal Rights Coalition, which is a coalition, a large coalition of progressive organizations that have come together and drafted a more lengthy version. And this more lengthy version also um, helps to address um, issues of LBG, um, LGBTQIA, and um, and I could explain why. Also, you know, at, at now there um, there's an annual conference, and at the annual conferences there are resolutions that are made, and through these resolutions, model policies are created, sort of like um, the. Um, the feminist version of ALEC, the American Legislative Exchange Council, is more of the Alice. Mm-hmm. So we create these resolutions, and and there there was some some conflict over. Well, do we want the 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 ERA as I had just read it to you that was ratified by um, thirty seven states thus far, or um, a newer version that's that's um, keeping up with the times and more comprehensively drafted. And I could read that to you. Um, I would, I would um, argue that just as, a, as an attorney and um, who is a, a, a student of constitutional law, I would say that um, the, the short version also encompasses it also encompasses, and I could go into length about about that. I don't think believe that they are in competition, and that's why at the resolution on the floor at the a National Now conference um, a few years back, it was agreed that both methods would be uh, would be uh, worked on by the organization. Um, so I could I could read that to you if you want. And this is the the equal rights coalition version of a proposed language for the new expanded ERA. Whereas all women and men of color were historically excluded as equals from the Constitution of the United States, subordinating these groups structurally and systematically, or systemically, and whereas prior constitutional amendments have allowed extreme inequalities of race and or sex and or like grounds of subordination to continue without effective legal remedy and have been used to entrench such inequalities. And whereas this country aspires to be a democracy of, by, and for all of its people and to treat all people of the world in accordance with human rights principles. Therefore, be it enacted that, one, Women in all their diversity shall have equal rights in the United States and every place subject to its jurisdiction. 2. Equality of rights shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex, including pregnancy, gender, sexual orientation, or gender identity, and or race, including ethnicity, national origin or color, and or like grounds of subordination, such as disability or faith. Neither the United States nor any state shall give force by law to disadvantages suffered by those whose equality rights are denied or abridged. Three, 
To fully realize the rights guaranteed under this article, Congress and the several states shall take legislative and other measures to prevent or redress any disadvantage suffered by individuals or groups because of past and or present discrimination and shall take all steps requisite and effective to abolish institutions that infringe the right to vote and to have that vote count equally. 4. Nothing in subsection 2 shall invalidate a law, program, or activity that is protected or required under subsections 1 or 3. So obviously that one is much more comprehensive and uh, and uh, kind of goes above and beyond the initial um, protection of equ- equality based on uh, without discrimination towards sex. Um, that almost sounds like we're, you know, I mean, that's taking it to, a, to our new, it was very um, timely language. Um, and I think that's the kind of the direction that many people want our country to, to go in. Um, but it certainly is, is much more comprehensive. Well, some of the concerns that um, are being um, kind of tossed around related to the two different versions have to do with how the Supreme Court's jurisprudence over the 14th Amendment's provision requiring equal protection of the laws interpreted to cover sex requires that unequal treatment be intentional to be illegal. And so uh, um, in practicing in this area of law, um, that often comes up, well, is it um, if, if the, the discrimination is not necessarily occurring specifically to discriminate on basis of sex, is it still discrimination? And um, I believe that the ERA would be sufficient as it currently is ratified in the short version to actually include um, a, this more comprehensive version where um, affirmative action can take place and that the um, institutional um, inequalities can be addressed. So, for example, if we are equally denying both men and women childcare, are we actually still discriminating against women? And absolutely, one would have to just see the obvious logic that it is women who are disparately impacted by a lack of childcare. So in in my legal opinion, the short version would also comprehensively address um, disparate impact and not require intentional discrimination. Um, However, um, either one would be wonderful and a more clarified version would be wonderful. Um, And then just going back to um, the uh, issue, this is actually when I um, uh, met Helena. So we were uh, working together on marriage equality. And um, in I I actually, at at Stanford Law School, I got my first C of my life. Like, I'd always graduate summa cum laude. I was just like, yeah, I'd get good grades. But um, I got the C, and I was devastated. And it was at a class at Stanford Law School on um, um, uh, homosexuality in the law. 
And so at that time, and this is back in the 90s, I, I, um, I, I wrote a paper and I said, hmm, well, states that have an equal rights amendment in the state constitution, couldn't they use that to defend marriage equality? Because if my marriage is not being um, accepted or honored by a state it, it, because of my gender, then it's a violation of my equal rights according to that state's constitution. And so the, the teacher who was like a visiting professor, um, he didn't write any details. He didn't mark up the paper at all. He just wrote C and then the word naive along the top. But it turned out that is what happened in Hawaii. In Hawaii, the court in Hawaii said, hey, we have an equal rights amendment, and so marriage equality is required by our Constitution because it's discriminating against the marriage based on the gender of the person married. And so that went state by state uh, uh, until now we have... A, a movement around state equal rights amendments. And then because different states have to respect each other's marriages, there you go. It worked. Um, so I'd like to see a, a federal ERA, and I would actually like to see while we still have our state equal rights amendments, more work done there to actually enforce the state equal rights amendments. Well, ahead ahead of your time, I, often college professors like to uh, tell you that you don't know anything. <laughs> I had that written on one of my papers one too, and they said clearly you don't know very much about the subject. I was like, okay, <laughs> it's my first paper of the semester. Thanks, I'm trying to learn. Uh, <laughs> but um, such is part of the uh, the fun of of be, of getting higher education uh, when you kind of see through some of the smoke screen that they throw up at you. Um, and then you go and you learn more. As we're doing here today on uh, Women's Magazine here on Mutiny Radio, we're learning a lot about the Equal Rights Amendment, uh, both its original version and um, a proposed uh, secondary version. Um, but the first one has been ratified by 37 out of the requisite 38 states, although the deadline did pass in 1982. Um, arguably, um, that would be an unconstitutional deadline that who's, uh, who's could, that could be removed. Um, so it sounds like Jackie Spear here, who's um, part of the House of Representatives in California, she represents San Mateo County and part of San Francisco, um, is going to be uh, helping to propose that legislation uh, and uh, all of these amazing uh, people working across the country trying to get that final state, whichever one it may be next, uh, to ratify the original ERA and then, uh, and then go from there. So um, we do have a few more minutes here on the Common Thread Collective. Common Thread Collective is coming up next. Sorry, that's, that's our next show uh, here on Women's Magazine. Um, and uh, one concern that I've that I've heard over the years, and I, I hope and and uh, Helena is still on the line, and Gilda and Mona Lisa are both here. Um, one argument that kind of comes up against um, against passing the ERA at this point is saying that um, there have already been so many laws that have been created to protect women because we don't have a constitutional protection, um, and what would happen. Uh, if the ERA is passed, and then uh, would those laws be, um, you know, revisited? Would they? Uh, would would um, a lot of the protections for women then be uh, in jeopardy? Um, so that's, I'm putting that question out there. Everyone's mic is on. Whoever would like to 
Hey, I'd love to say something real quick on that one. Yes. Okay. So, first of all, you'll hear a big argument about it's going to affect Social Security benefits. That is one of the biggest pieces of misinformation. I There's a lot of big pieces of misinformation from the opposition. And when they bring up the Social Security matter, I'd like to say that the Social Security Administration in 1977 started rewriting all of the codes and, and, and had them all completed in 1978 because they anticipated passage of the ERA. And, and so it's not going to affect your Social Security. And yes, it is going to affect family law because in family law, society has come to the belief that women have equal rights. But what happens is when a woman goes to court, she really doesn't have equal rights because she's not equally protected. So she doesn't have the same ability to bring home the money because it is a racially motivated gender wage gap. That's what I say. And I say it because when you look at the numbers, white women get 77 cents, black women get 67 cents, Latinos get 56 cents. And we don't even, they don't even give the numbers for our Asian sisters. So one of the big changes that will take place is that the equal pay will not just be on the federal level, which it has already been said that that's addressed, but it will now be in all other areas. So it's going to affect, um, it will affect healthcare. It will affect equal pay. It's going to provide a constitutional amendment for the Supreme Court justices to look at when they see issues that address our brothers and sisters in the LBGTQIA community. Um, so there's going to be significant changes. Salesforce, which is a San Francisco-based tech company, has already created software so that big business will be able to adapt to these changes. So there is already in process on, in some corporate levels with some corporations to already adjust to these changes that are anticipated. So yes, there's going to be changes. And that was why we were fighting for it in the 1920s. It is why in the second wave in the 1960s, when we looked at the issues that um, folks are raising that were pro-ERA, as well as those that raised issues um, um, on the opposition, such as the military. It's going to, for example, it will affect, for example, how this current presidential administration is trying to reverse the policies regarding those in the LBGTQ community um, serving in the military. So it's going to have a widespread effect. It's not symbolic. It is something that's going to bring upon major change. Speak to that also. Thank you. Um, I, I think that a lot of the arguments that were used originally in the 1920s um, <clears throat> and when you uh, study the, the history around um, opposition originally in the, back in the 1920s, it had to do with the fear of losing protections that were supposedly given to women um, back then to protect them. Um, today, we no longer have the only protection that would be left would be uh, the um, the draft. And I believe that 
no one wants their daughter or son drafted. Maybe some people do, but I can't imagine who would. And that that perhaps what we need to do is abolish the draft entirely. Um, when you look at the going back to the disparate impact that um, I believe the ERA would actually benefit women and override and be more effective than any of the hodgepodge of local rules that we have to protect women um, in various aspects from the Violence Against Women Act to um, divorce law. And um, I'm repeating what um, Helena was saying about the um, looking at the numbers, you could say, okay, well, we are um, giving men and women total equality in how they're treated at divorce while we both know that um, that women are not able to earn the same amount of money as men in this society and so to treat them equally is actually to treat them unfairly because it is a disparate impact and just as I was talking about with the child care issue um, it again it affects women more and so if we were looking starting from a top-down equality perspective that doesn't mean identical treatment it means equal treatment and then we can really have that conversation about what women need to actually be equal mm, it kind right. of more the equity of it and then i would like this is gilda yassi from now now.org please join anyways people take for granted that equal rights between men and women are enshrined in the united states constitution well this is false the only right that women have in the constitution is the right to vote so every other right that we need to ensure our equality in the United States of America would be helped by the ERA. And as you can see, with the various opinions here, with the longer version of the ERA or the current version that has 37 of 38 states ratified, there still is a lot of education that I am going to lead up for the National Organization of Women across the nation to help people become more educated and informed about why we need the ERA and how to get it ratified by all states and have it amended to the Constitution of the United States. Excellent. So I would like to ask where would be, um, obviously the NOW, the uh, National Organization for Women, now.org, um, you, can, you can check in there, but where else can people... Um, Get connected to this movement. Um, and I know that you said that the ERA coalition is actually the one that's pushing for the newer version, but I'm talking about the one that has 37 out of 38 states. Um, who could, how can we tap into that? Well, I'm again going to say, I think for me, um, what I have found is that now is an excellent resource. And I expect that now under... Gilda's um, leadership, we're going to have those resources. I myself have a very small nonprofit. It's faith-based. Uh, to give you a little background on that, my late mother-in-law was one of 11 women to be the first women ordained in the Episcopal Church, later recognized as the first women priest in the Anglican Communion. It was she who put me on this path. So I am more of a social justice-driven activist. I could be a resource from time to time. I have a small program on Sundays where we discuss 
strategy. Um, you can go to my website and look under the program, the call. But I am relying personally very heavily on now for working with those people who are non-believers because as a believer, I believe that um, there's many different ways to have a relationship with God or with the universe. Even if you're an atheist, that's good too because my God wouldn't wouldn't say, hey, you can't. Um, it's just that simple. So I look to now. I do follow the work of ERA Coalition. Um, there, there is ERA Coalition. They are also working on the three-state strategy, now known as the one state to go. Um, and I think we're really just now coming together on this because it really has only been a world in this last year and a half two years since Nevada ratified. And so that's why you need a national organization like now to really lead this charge. And so I'm going to really heavily emphasize um, that folks go to now and continue to follow that work. There's also the League of Women Voters. Reach out to your local chapter because there is that resolution that they passed this last July in their, in their, in their national conference. Then there is the American Association of University Women. For those who are members there, there's a National Men Political Caucus. But again, I stress that of all the organizations that I've worked with over these many years, starting back in 2004 when I was first asked, I have found that now has been the one that really has been here from the second wave on that we can all look to. They've never dropped the ball. We don't intend to drop the ball. So go to now.org, sign up, become a member, and we'll move forward with this. <coughs> and make sure when you do, you say that you want to work on the ERA. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I, I, I gotta, I gotta push this ERA, darling, because this is my life's blood. I, I left my beautiful home in the Bay Area, um, on a pilgrimage, a walk, for this quest for equality, and then after I returned, um, I did a little traveling to chill out from a very grueling walk where I was uh, an attempted sexual assault in Salt Lake City. And I hate saying this, there was numerous assaults on my person as I traveled these United States. So we really can't stop now. And I'm here in D.C. to hopefully help bring this home. So whatever everyone can do, reach out to now. Look at the League of Women Voters. Um, do postcard parties. Um, phone calls. Um when, and I'm gonna, I gotta say this, when someone says, um, and they'll often say this to you, when you call someone in our U.S. Congress, are you from my district? This is a constitutional amendment. Whether you're calling in from California to a representative or a senator in Alabama, the qualifier they might try saying is, are you from my district? This is not a district issue. Mm. This is a federal issue. When you're calling in to support people in Virginia or in Georgia or in North Carolina, 
they will say the same thing. But again, it is not a state issue when you're talking about the federal legislation. It is a U.S. Constitution. And and what I have educated folks to say when we were in Nevada was, hi, I'm, and I'll just pretend I'm calling Nevada. Hi, my name is Elaine Swanson. I'm uh, calling in my individual capacity as well as a member of NOW and as a founding member of Katrina's Dream. I'm calling to ask for your support. When they ask where you're from, of course, give them the uh, zip code and address and then qualify it. Ask them when you when will you hear back from them. Put it on them to contact you back. And if they say, well, you know, we'll try, then say, when, when can I expect an answer? And I will be calling you back next week myself personally as a follow-up and then call back every week until we get this passed, both on the state levels and on the federal levels and as well as on the state ratifications. So it's a really simple thing. And again, now, now, now is the one of the major lead organizations that I recommend everyone follow. Thank you, Helena Swanson. Thank you, Gilda Yazzie. Thank you, Mona Lisa Wallace Esquire. Thank you, everyone out there who's been working uh, towards making our our country a more equitable place um, for everyone. And uh, it's really exciting to, to see the... Um, the potential that that lies in the ERA, and that it's actually very much closer than we thought. So uh, again, um, thank you so much to everyone who's tuned in and listened to Women's Magazine with Global Val here um, all throughout the year 2018. It's been a wild ride. Um, it has been a year of of women really stepping up and um, becoming um, bigger parts of the process that has for so long. Um, treated us unequally and unequitably. Um, and so I want to thank everyone for all of the beautiful work that you're doing. I'll see you again in 2019. We'll see you out here on the streets of the country, all around the country at the Women's March on January 19th, 2019. And uh, the Women's Wave is coming next. So thank you so much. And remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, like actually ratifying an Equal Rights Amendment that's been supposedly killed since 1982, hey, guess what? Inspiration is contagious, and my guests today are proof of that. So peace and thank you, and please stay tuned. It is the winter solstice. We're going to be having a great uh, community open mic jam here on the Common Thread Collective coming up next at 3 o'clock. Diamond Dave's here. Uh, we're featuring a really awesome brass trio called Lip Service. Um, they're doing some holiday tunes right here at the corner of 21st and Florida. Florida. Come join us. Uh, be a part of the common thread. Peace and thank you.
work it out. Work, 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 work. work.